Hey, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the coach, John Brent. And I'm here with the vet, Ian Griffin. Man, it's a wonderful day here. We're at the inside the jump talk with this gorgeous tree behind us here. Yeah, Mrs. Bobman hooked the tree up. She did. Wow, man. it's like. Thanks, tall. Thanks, tall. How did you get the ornaments at the top? Uh, I didn't do it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it was Shay and uh, Linda. Well, hey, this morning you know what the deal is. Today is December 7th. It's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Absolutely. And um, there's a lot of many feelings around America during this time of year, uh, especially with the older generations. And uh, so, you know, at 7.55 in the morning today uh, in Hawaii is when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. And uh, there's a lot of things I can say about this. And uh, and I'm going to go into a couple of things here in just a second. But I'm just throw it over to you for a second here, Coach, see what you got. Yeah, politically it was not something that we expected because we kind of had a uh, – well, first of all, we, we, are, we were trying to play neutral in the war. Yep. We are trying to stay out of it. Uh, Japanese, you know, said that, you know, this wasn't going to happen. These type of things were going to happen. It was a sneak attack. But, no, uh, we were doing our best to stay neutral, trying to stay out of the war as long as possible. Now we were sending, you know – know some equipment and things like that but yeah it was absolutely uh, an attack that wasn't expected and in a day that's like you know people say an infamy in our in our country before september 11th it was probably the worst worst thing that you could think about and people kind of compared 9-11 with that you know yeah. 9-11 and pearl harbor but yeah absolutely unbelievable uh, tragedy before i go into a lot of stats and stuff i, I just remember working at evitz oil company in, in pittsburgh uh as a kid uh, from 16 to 19 till I joined the Army. And my boss, Curtis Evitz, you know, uh, just listening to him describe his feelings toward the Japanese at that time, and it wasn't a bigoted thing. It was a straight-up, hey, dude, they, they came and bombed us and dropped this steel on us that we gave them the steel. Mm. And uh, he goes, you know, I will never buy a Japanese vehicle, uh, which I understand that sentiment, you know. Yeah, and I think today it's hard for us to um, sometimes put the in the same perspective as they had to deal with at that time. Now we look back, we really hadn't had a main war except for you know terroristic uh, attack on our country, in our country since since that. So there was a lot of animosity to the Japanese after that in our country, and uh, but I think there's a lot of times we look at it now, especially the younger generation, going, you know, how can you be, how could you do that to them, put them in camps or whatever? But I think it's yeah. just. It was a different situation, a different time. Uh, your country was being bombed. Yeah. So first thing I'll say is, is um, before that happened, as you stated, we wanted to stay neutral. Uh, Power-wise throughout the world, we were ranked like number 19 in the world as far as strategic power. Before we were uh, a superpower, for sure. Yeah. And at the end of that war, we were the superpower. Exactly. Uh, Russia was there with us, but we were – the owners of the atomic bomb at the end of the war, whereas nobody else was at the time. And so it catapulted us in, in a lot of ways there. That's one. Two, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but Germany was on the outskirts of Moscow uh, during in the first week of de uh, December. Actually, they were pushing toward it October to December. And the first week of December, the Russians actually received traffic that the Japanese was going to go ahead and bomb Pearl Harbor instead of invading Russia. Russia had a big fear after the Russo-Franco War that the Japanese would come in to Siberia and just slaughter them. And because what they saw in the Russo-Franco War, the Japanese pretty much did slaughter the Russians. Mm -hmm. 
and they were petrified of that. And so they kept a strong reserve, almost a million people in reserve over in Siberia. And um, the first week of December, on the 5th of December and 6th of December, they were able to throw them all on trains and shoot them over to Moscow. And actually, it saved Russia from falling. It was 1.1 million. So kind of a crazy thing that nobody would ever thought that came out of Pearl Harbor. But remember, Russia was our ally at that time, and they wasn't giving us any information mm -hmm. on this. That's one issue. The second issue was it changed the way we thought about how we based our strategic fleets in peacetime because we got caught with our pants down yeah. with those carriers there, there and the planes on the carriers now – we go on stateside and they dock, them planes fly somewhere else because you're not getting one target at once. I mean, all, you're not getting them all at once. And uh, and you keep a few of them out now instead of keeping them all dry docked. And that was one of the hardest things for us to do is when we started being uh, attacked, just getting those planes in the air. Yes. Just because it was such a surprise attack, but just getting them off and up was yep. a nightmare because until we got up, we couldn't, we couldn't fight. Yeah, and... From my understanding, roughly two, over 2,400 people lost their lives that day that, that were on our side. I don't know about Have you been there? I have not. My, my daughter has. I haven't been there. My wife has been there, and she actually re-enlisted her first re-enlistment on the USS Arizona. Wow. And, uh, and so uh, that was one thing she wanted, and her mother came from Germany there uh, to witness it. And uh, um, so the one other issue that we kind of hinted on was america didn't want to be any part of the war to be honest we were trying to keep our hands reserved and away from all this and uh, really what we did was is uh, we we fought the war up to that point through the lend lease program where we had we would give equipment out and you would give us some money later down the road right. and things of that nature and uh, and that's really how we fought the war uh up to that very point and what's kind of crazy is right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the Germans declared war on us right like a few days later. And you're like, dude, what are you thinking? Right. You know, and uh, which was okay. It's I like, mean, at that point, I guess they didn't know America. And I yeah. think they were about to is that very prideful people, very patriotic people, especially at that time. It was like you attack us and we the people weren't for the reason we were neutral is not because we didn't really need to be involved. We didn't think. Uh, we'd have support to be involved as much as anything. And after that happened, it, everybody was supporting not only getting into the war, but also, you know, pretty much getting revenge. Yes. And so when, when Germany did that, it was like, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, two things I'll say, Coach. I, on, on the first part, we didn't have the, the, the support, and we see that all the time in America. You can't yeah. get two people to sit there and agree on who wins the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think we know who's going to win this year, just saying. Uh, <laughs> well, I can tell you who it ain't going to be. It ain't going to be my Cowboys. <laughs> but, playing? Okay. So, anyway, yeah, I don't even know they got a team left. But uh, moving along, but you, America didn't have the support. That was one. But there was a second issue, and there's a great book called Freedom Forge. If you ever get a chance to read it, it is phenomenal. It really lays it out. And uh, in Freedom Forge, it explains that we couldn't. We just physically couldn't. We didn't have the capability. When the British got pushed off Dunkirk, Churchill called Roosevelt up and said, hey, dude, I need everything you got. And he goes, we don't have it. We don't have it, yeah. He goes, and the British go, we have 37 tanks left in our arsenal. <laughs> and he goes, all I got to give you is World War I equipment. And he goes, I'll take every bit of it. And that's when we realized the industrial uh, base had to be churned up. 
So we didn't have the capability to go in there and be effective in any shape, form, or fashion. We'd just been slaughtered. Is what it but by us staying out as long as we did, it helped us ramp up. It did. And get what we needed to be prepared to go. We weren't, you know, we weren't prepared 18 months prior. I will say the time of Pearl Harbor, part of the industrial base had already been moving in a good direction. And uh, we wasn't building ships yet uh, as, as prevalent as we was later. Sure. But we were building other things, you know, tanks and such, and sending them east. So that little pause that we had since we didn't get involved in 1939, and we waited till the end of 41 really kind of postured us, like you said, Coach, a lot better. It's just uh, we had challenges. Yeah. We, had, we definitely had challenges. Well, so. What I hope as a history teacher is the significance of Pearl Harbor isn't something that's forgotten, yeah. especially after 9-11. People talk about 9-11, which was an – terrible terrible day uh well so was pearl harbor i hope that just because of you know it's been almost 75 years uh since pearl harbor happened that it's not just looked at so far away that it's not something that we we think about and uh that was because that was the first time it really happened as a country we were attacked. i mean of course we were attacked in 1812 the war of 1812 yeah. but in the modern world as i'll call it in the last 100 150 years that was the first time we'd had a foreign entity come in to attack us and it worked. It was terrible. It was. And, you know, and the Japanese uh, senior hierarchy, not all the admirals and generals, but the senior, the very most senior hierarchy, really underestimated us. And the world did. I yeah. mean, the world has underestimated us the whole time. You know, and I know so. it's just a movie, but in the movie Midway, there's a part where there's uh, one of the admirals on, of Japan mm-hmm. is on the ship. And our guys keep dive bombing, dive bombing, dive bombing. And you know, they're taking us out pretty much all of us, about, yeah. about nine out of 10. And he said something to the effect, he goes, man, I cannot believe the courage of these guys. We didn't think they had it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people in the world thought that we were a spoiled nation yeah. uh, compared to some of the things that were going on around the world. Well, that was the, that was the mindset of us going toward the European campaign. Hey, Americans, y'all come in. We need to do this little North Africa thing so you get yeah. your feet wet. That's exactly what the deal was, yeah. you know. And uh, you need to relieve our guys, but you need to get some experience. You don't know what you're talking sure. about. And they kind of dismissed our generals at first. And uh, and we kind of had to lean hard on that. And I think history has proven the better generals out of that. Uh, World War II, hands down, came out of the American side. Well, I'm telling you, without some of those names that we, we talk about, you know, from Patton yeah. to Nimitz to, I mean, think about it, MacArthur. Yeah. Without these guys, I mean, would we be speaking German? Yeah, yeah. Well, Eisenhower. Well, Eisenhower, Bradley, and, and Patton for sure. And, and, and there's a bunch of other names that are, that are uh, Gavin and, and things of that nature. And uh, even Roosevelt Jr., who was only a one-star, you know, but he was so critical on the beaches of Normandy. But you're absolutely right. And, and I will say there were, there were other good generals out there, but we were kind of in a class by ourselves yeah. for a while. And that was kind of – we were fortunate in regards to that. So uh, I think uh, this is real short, but we just really wanted to say, hey, guys, we're in the Christmas spirit, but let's do not forget about uh, December 7, 1941, the day uh, we were attacked at Pearl Harbor. Sure. Uh, and uh, It was a terrible day, but it was also a day that after that we realized, you know, the uh, patriotic spirit that we have and the courage yeah. that came out of that generation, the greatest generation, some, some people would say, that pretty much saved us from, as we kind of say, speaking German or, or being taken over by another world power at that point in time. Like you said, as soon as this war was over, we were superpower number one. 
Yep. Russia was on our tails at that time, but it started, you know, just a few years later that the Cold War. But we were always the one everybody was trying to catch and still is. Yeah, I agree. And, and I will say on a strategic thing, a lot of people will say, uh, you know, how come we didn't do well in this country after we after the war and all this other stuff? But you look at the countries that have turned out pretty darn good, and I'm going to name three of them, Korea, Japan, Germany. Mm. They all have a common theme. And what is that? That common theme is we're still there. That's right. Just saying. So if you want a country to turn out how you kind of like it, you got to be there more than during 20 years. You got to be there 40, 50 years. If you don't want to put that investment into it, it's okay. We don't have to. We don't have to be there. You know, but those countries all are pretty freaking good countries. South Korea is a pretty darn decent country. Germany is a is the powerhouse as far as economic wise in Europe. And Japan is his own powerhouse in his own right, sure. you know, as far as economically. All, all three of those. And we didn't have to. No, we didn't. And, and I think that's a big, big part of it. And, and some of that genius came from General George C. Marshall. That's right. And I don't want to go in all that because we'll sure. cover that later. Uh, but, <clears throat> hey, just remember, today's Pearl Harbor. And anyway, from the coach. To the vet. Hey, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned.